0: We're still talking about uh, our redemption in Christ. And uh, let's get you started. Hold your Bible in your hand. If you're reading from your iPad, your cell phone, lift it up. Uh, Samsung 8 a little higher than any other phone. This is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's word And my life will never be the same Because faith comes by hearing And hearing by the word of God Amen Uh, Remember we discovered that we are redeemed And uh, from all these uh, areas And uh, the first area we discussed two weeks ago was that we are redeemed from sin Someone shout, I am redeemed From sin And it's dominion What that means is that when you approach God, you don't approach Him in your own effort. You don't approach Him in your own righteousness. You approach Him based on the righteousness that Jesus Christ obtained and gave to you as a gift. Amen? And therefore, we become the righteousness of God, not because of what we do, but because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. And when we put our confidence and our faith in that, uh, we can approach God. Amen? Not in our own works. But in the finished work of the cross The second area we discovered we are redeemed from was sickness Amen God does not use sickness to teach his children things He uses his word to teach his children things Amen Amen? So it's not God that's bringing sickness into your body It is not God that is bringing sickness into your family It is the devil If you don't know this You won't fight when you're supposed to fight to enforce your victory, to enforce the victory that Jesus Christ wrote on the cross. Amen. I mean, if you're sitting there thinking, man, this sickness could be from God, it could be from the devil, then you won't swing as much as you should, lest you hit Father God, right? <laughs> so you'll be throwing Mickey Mouse punches, but you don't know, maybe if I throw harder, I'll punch God in the face. Because this sickness, no, it's not coming from God. It's coming from the devil. So swing as wildly as you can. Bite his ear, Mike Tyson. Amen. Fight to enforce this victory over your body. And we also discovered that we are redeemed from poverty. And we are also redeemed from the curse. Amen. Amen. So no need to run around chasing generational curses. You are redeemed from someone shout, I am, I am redeemed from all generational curses. Because I am in Christ, therefore, I am in I am an heir. And I receive the blessing of Abraham. Amen. Today we are looking at our redemption from poverty. Poverty is not a blessing say that after me poverty is not a blessing and if you're and if you're writing down notes I want you to put it in capital letters that poverty is not a blessing if you don't get anything else I'll teach today I want you to walk out with this that when you're poor it doesn't bless anybody it doesn't bless you it doesn't bless people around you it does not glorify God see when you're not answering your phone because people are looking for you for Because you have their money It doesn't glorify God yeah. uh, Amen When yeah, you yeah. put your phone on uh, 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 Block because you don't want to receive calls Because there are so many people It doesn't glorify God Amen. Amen It glorifies Satan Poverty does not bless God It doesn't bless you It doesn't bless the people around you Let's go to Proverbs chapter number 10 Verse 15 the church that I grew up with in, they glorified poverty. The poor in spirit. <laughs> they didn't even know what it meant. <laughs> Amen? It means those who realize and recognize their deficiency in themselves and go to Christ for Christ to fill them up. Will be filled. They don't stay poor because they will be filled. And they become the rich in spirit. Amen? amen I said amen. amen Proverbs 10 verse 15 watch what it says the rich man's wealth is a strong city or it is a fortified city and it says the destruction of the poor is their what poor. I didn't hear that poor. so what destroys poor people so poverty is not... I mean, the scripture would have said that blessing of the poor people is there. No, it didn't say that. It says the destruction. Poverty destroys you. It destroys dreams. Some of you has had big dreams. Yeah. But poverty destroyed them. Yeah. Amazing dreams. It's like poverty destroys families. Yeah. In fact, they say the number one reason why people, why people divorce is finances. Yeah. You know? And... and Poverty causes all kinds of problems So God is not the one that is bringing Poverty into your life Poverty is not a blessing Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 Verse 9 Prosperity is in the atonement And Jesus did it According to his own volition He does not want any of his children To suffer lack or to go without yeah. yep. Amen And it is not humble Let me say this Church folk it's not humble for you not to have things. <laughs> yeah. Nice things. It does not it's not a reflection of your spirituality. Right. You know, we're just struggling. I'm just a pilgrim, you know, just going through the earth. But it will get better when we get to the sweet by and by. Or the sweet by and by. <laughs> Amen. What about the nasty now and here? That's what God wants to fix and take care of. Amen? Amen. Watch what he says. And God is able. God has the ability to make all grace abound towards who? You. Who, 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 who might be you? you. Someone say me. me. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Not towards the bishop. Not towards the apostle. Not towards the right reverend doctor. No, you. Yeah. He's talking to you. And I want you to, man, when you go to all these scriptures, put your name in there. Say, God is talking to me. You need to realize, even if you were the only person on the earth, God would have still done it for you. He's talking to you this morning. And He wants uh, all grace to abound toward you, that you, how many times? Oh, did you see that word? In fact, this is the definition of prosperity. That you always... Not month ends <laughs> or on payday. Yeah. There is a thing called always having. Yeah. Did you see it? You see that phrase? You, not the bishop, not the prophet. You were to yeah. yeah. God wants you to always have, always have all sufficiency in how many? Oh. That means all your bills are taken care of. That's all he's saying, and here's the definition of prosperity. The first step is all your bills are taken care of. The second step, which is how you measure true prosperity is so that you may have an abundance for every good work. In other words, so that you may give to everything you would like to give to. True prosperity is not measured by what you drive. See, we get it tripped up there. True prosperity is measured by your ability to bless others. If there are things that you would rather give to if there are kids you want to pay school fees for and you do not have that ability to do it, it does not matter what kind of a car you drive in, you are not prosperous. It does not matter what kind of a house you live in, you are not prosperous. Because the ideal prosperous man has sufficiency in all things, always having sufficiency in all things, and abounds unto every good work. They are able to give to everything. Watch what it says in the next verse. It gets better. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad and he has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. This is the prosperous man. He dispenses abroad. Amen? And gives to the poor and his righteousness, his good works endure forever. Do you know that there's going to be people waiting for you in heaven to thank you for the seed that you gave? Amen. Thank you. I got to hear the gospel because of the money that you sowed in the preaching of the gospel. Amen. Next verse. Now, may he, who might be he, capital letter H? God. I didn't hear that. God. Now, may he, God, who supplies what? Seas. To who? To the sword. God gives seed to who? The sword. You know what that means? It means God gives money to givers. If, if if God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, amen. But if God can't get it through you, see, God is looking for conduits, for distribution centers. The Bible says his eyes go to and fro. Looking for someone to share himself strong through or looking for someone to manifest his goodness to the world through. Uh, God gives seed to sowers. There are two kinds of people in, the, in, in this verse sowers and eaters the sower I, like, I want to be a sower you know why because <laughs> two is better than one I, I get to do both sowers get to sow and they also get to eat Amen. but eaters he says he gives uh, he, he ministers in the King James Bible he says he ministers he supplies seed to sowers and bread for your food and then those that get bread for their food the story ends there you know why whatever you eat you are taking it to the bathroom so the story ends there there is no extra that's it you eat it that's it's gone that's it in other words whatever you consume upon yourself it's game over you know that feeling that you get that you get when you're walking out of the shop with new clothes and, and and you feel good and it only lasts for about an hour 30 minutes when it's gone it's gone but you know the feeling that you stay with when you have ministered to someone and you have given and you've paid for their school fees and now you see them progress in life, that feeling is eternal. Yeah. Lasts forever. Yeah. That's why Jesus said it is better to give, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. The feeling, even at a feeling level, giving is better than receiving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Consuming? Giving is by far better Because it's eternal And he says uh, Bread for your food The story ends there And he goes back to the sower And he will multiply your what? Your food eaten? I didn't hear that (laughs) The only thing he multiplies Is the seed That is not in your bank account (laughs) He multiplies the seed That has been Sown And increase The fruits of your Righteousness Now give it to me In the Amplified Bible Verse 8 Go back to verse 8. I want you to see this. It gets better. And God is able to make all grace, every favor, Amen. and earthly blessing. Amen. Did you see it? Wow. Come to you, how? In abundance. So that you may always under? Oh. Mid-month, month-end, problem-month, December, January. January. Yeah, January. That's a good one. Good preaching right there. Genuine. (laughs) All circumstances. Did you see it? There's a thing called all circumstances in the Bible. Under all circumstances, whatever the need, God is able, whatever the need be sufficient, possessing enough to require what? Man, if you're always looking for a loan. To pay for something, uh, my rent is short, how can I give? Always looking, you are not yet at this place. There is a place where you can require no aid. Not because you have money. See, oh man, this is good. Just because you have the blessing and you put your trust in it. Sometimes I have no money in my account and I get to the office. I don't know where I'm going to get lunch from, but I know I'm going to get lunch. You know why? Because I have sufficiency in all things. And someone will walk into my office and say, hey, do you want to go for lunch? I say, I knew it. And then we go, <laughs> and we go and we eat. You know why? Because I have sufficiency in all things. That's how it works. I have sufficiency in all things. And he says, I'm going to always have, and I will require no aid. Under all circumstances, I'm good. Hunch on ever say, man, I'm good. <laughs> require no aid or support, and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation." You'll be able to give to every. This is the true definition of prosperity. And when you give, you are connected to this kind of grace. You don't give so that you can get, so that you go and buy a Porsche. You give so that you can get, so that you have ability to give more. Your objective is not to get. It's always to give again. Always at the top. Of your agenda it is to give the ability to give to everything. Is this making sense? Oh. So if you want to connect to this grace the first thing you should do is to realize that you are a steward. How do you connect to this grace of uh, prosperity? We discovered in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9 that prosperity is a grace. And we know the modest operand of connecting to God's grace or having access to God's grace is faith. And what is faith? is responding to what God has done by grace. In the area of salvation, you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Then are you saved. In the area of healing, you stand up, pick up your bed and walk. Yeah. Or you go and show yourselves to the priest or you go and wash in the river silo you always respond to grace in the area of finances you become a giver that's how you connect to that grace of prosperity none givers never prosper man I wish I could just come here and inspire you but I want you to get understanding I wish I could just come here and say man God has blessed you he's blessed you coming in and going out if you believe it say yeah Oh, yeah. yeah. And then you get a goosebump, and, you know, <laughs> we do a praise dance. And then we leave and life will still whip you. Because <laughs> if you don't understand how things work, you will still be whipped. Yeah. I think Brother Tate read a scripture here that says wisdom is the principal thing, foundational thing. And with all you're getting, get understand, understand how finances work. You know, I'm reading a book written by a rabbi, Jew, a Jew, and I sent it to most of the businessmen in the church last night. Amazing book. At the top, it's called The Ten Commandments of Prosperity. Go and check it out. Amazing. And he was saying, you know, there's no poor Jewish person in the world. It's the first thing he said. Yeah, we don't believe in poverty. We'll tell you up front. Don't believe in it. And wherever we go, we rise to the top. And I wanted to know, what? What's up? Is it the DNA? Is it because God created them special? No, he he didn't. They believe in these principles, and watch this, from a tender age, they act on them. Because they take a portion of what they've earned and give it away. Whether you are an Orthodox Jew, a religious Jew, or a secular Jew, they still don't deviate from taking a portion and giving it to God or to a charitable donation. In fact, they take 10% to be specific of all their income, and they believe in it. Every Jew does it. You know why? Because every time you give, you get connected to the deity you are giving to. Yeah. Uh, That's good. Write that down. Every time you give, and if some of you are think you know you'll escape giving by going to the sangoma, the first thing they'll tell you before they perform on you is bring something. Because uh, a gift always connects you to the deity or to the powers above. Uh, You're gonna have to give if you want to be connected to uh, god's grace which is abundant amen is this making sense so the first step to financial abundance in god is to realize that you are his steward deuteronomy chapter number eight verse ten someone shout i'm a steward of god's resources man you need to realize that your car belongs to god your house belongs to god your money belongs to god Amen? And when he asks you to give to him, you are just giving him something that he already had, that he gave to you. Amen? Verse 10. When you have eaten and are full, he's talking to the children of Israel, before they came to the land that flows with milk and honey. He says, man, when you get there, I want you to do this. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord, or you shall honor God, your God, for the good land which He has given you. Did you see He's saying at the top of your priority list is to remember that it is God who has given it to you. God has given you every talent, every gift that you operate in. I mean there are people who are exceptional, I'm not one of them, who are exceptional at admin. And God has given them that gift. And there are people who are just dreamers and they're creative, you know. They see things beyond uh, uh, what you and I see. I mean, we see black and white, they see color. Yeah. They didn't make themselves like that. It's God who put it in them. Yeah. Amen? There are people who, who work on numbers. They crunch numbers and they, you know, they love numbers. My wife did a master's in maths. She loves numbers, man. I, you know, I almost dropped maths at form 4. <laughs> But we were created different. And God put it in you. You didn't make yourself like that. So what do you do to show that you still realize it is God who gave it to you? You take a portion of whatever you receive from the good land and you honor it. You honor God with it. That's the principle. Not because God wants the money, but he wants you to keep remembering That's the word you're going to keep seeing. Remembering that it is God. It is God. It is God. It is not of your own effort. Hallelujah. Next verse. Beware that you do not forget. What's the opposite of forget? Remember. Don't forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. Next verse. Lest when you have eaten and are full. It usually happens when people have eaten and when they are full. When you are still looking for your job, when you are looking for. Man, you are a giver. When you you don't have a salary, everyone who doesn't have a salary is a giver. Lord, if you give it to me, I'll give you. But when you have eaten and you are full, that's when the temptation comes, right? And when you are full and you have built beautiful houses, God doesn't have a problem with you living in a beautiful house. He just wants you not to forget. He be the one that is making it all happen. He doesn't mind you living in a mansion. He just wants you to remember, man, hey, I'm the one who's doing this for you. Yeah. Oh, man, this is good. When you have dwelt, uh, we built beautiful houses and dwell in them, next verse, and when your heads and your forks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, next verse, when your heart is lifted up and you forget, what's the opposite of Forget. Don't forget, you don't, rem- don't forget, right? Yeah, don't forget. The Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. Don't forget where you were. Next verse. Who led you through the great terrible wilderness in which there were fiery serpents and scorpions and, thirst land and thirsty land where there was no water. Who brought water for you out of a flinty rock? Next verse. Who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do good in the end? He's saying it is God who did all of these things. They were not hiring people like you. Yeah. Yep. And it Amen. is God who did it for you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's God. Yeah. He wants you to realize all the talents. You can develop your talents, but it is God who put it in there. Yeah. You can make it better, but you can't work on. You see, if you can't sing, you can't sing. If God didn't put it in there, you can try all you want. But if God did not put it in there, man, I tried. Until someone came to me and said, you know, pastor, we'll pay you not to sing anything. On the microphone. We'll pay you not to be in the choir. Every week you're not in the choir, you'll get a salary for not being in the choir We don't want you to sing. And guess what? There are some people who can sing, and I can't. And there are some people who can teach, and there are some people who can preach, and there are some people who can uh, encourage. Man, I like Joel Austin. I wish I was Joel Austin, man. Just come and encourage everybody. Love your neighbor, and it will be all right, and everybody feels good. He's like, man, this guy is good. (laughs) But I'm not Joel, because God didn't put it in me. Amen. I'm me So I'll be thankful of who I am And remember that it is God who put it in me That's at the core You need to remember it is God who's making things happen for you Next verse It gets better Then you say in your heart This is what you should not say in your heart My power And the might of my hand My ingenuity You know I'm just good at this No, it's God who put it in there. My power, the might of my hand has gained me all this wealth. No, it came from God. Next verse. And you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish. He tells you the reason he gives you wealth. The reason he gives you wealth is so that he, God, may establish his covenant so that he may use it for the preaching of the gospel. That's at the the primary reason for finances is to preach the gospel. Amen. Or to give towards the preaching of the gospel. Amen. And guess what? As one end receives, and Romans always says this, is one end receives, the other end gives, and as the money flows through, there will be plenty for you. When you become a conduit, God will begin to flow resources through you. And the more resources flow through you, the, the more your personal wealth begins to grow. There's no horse pipe. Do you say horse pipe or water pipe here? Horse pipe? There's no horse pipe in the world That is has had stuff flow through it and it didn't get wet. Then some of that stuff will get on you if you just become a conduit and say, Lord, let it flow through me. But when you stop, when you hog, when you hoard, what you're saying is, in fact, people that hoard have a mindset of This is all I have. This is all I will ever get. And we know the principle of a mindset that says that. It says as a man thinks in his heart. So if you think this is it. This is all I'll ever get. I can't give this. This is it. You you are right. (laughs) Amen. Amen. But if you know, hey, there's more where this came from. So I'm going to give it. In fact, uh... I was saying to the early church, you know, after I did the TBN interview and it aired all over Africa, I got a, an email from a pastor in Nigeria, a good friend of mine now, and he said, hey, Pastor T, can we have a one-on-one? I want to connect with you. And I said, hey, let's do it. He said, man, I like what you were teaching, and I feel we, are, we have the same DNA. I said, hey, let's do it. And when he came, when he visited the country, he was staying in Santon and he said, hey, brother, would you like for us to meet? And I was like, okay, cool, let's do it. And then we met in in Santon and I was sitting with him just having breakfast, and we were talking. And then my phone rang, you know, and it was my wife. And when my wife calls, it doesn't matter who I'm talking to, I put you on hold so I can talk to her. So I put him on hold, and I'm talking to my wife. And while I'm talking, he decided, hey, I'm uh, going to go to the bathroom. So he went away, and I finished my conversation with my wife. And I put my phone down, and I waited five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. The guy hasn't come back. And then when he came back, he finally came back with a bag, a gift bag. So he came and he's walking with a gift bag and I'm thinking, oh, he bought his wife something nice. And he came and he said, Pastor, this is for you and your wife. And then I received it and he said, open it. So I opened it and it was a little uh, uh, box with uh, a pair of uh, cufflinks. I don't wear suits, you know, cufflinks, but these were nice cufflinks, you know. And, And he got us a box of chocolates for my wife and uh. do you think that did to my heart it opened my heart that's what giving does and I took the the bag and I took it to my wife and I said honey uh, the man gave us this and my wife was like oh no you can't do that he can come to our territory and challenge us like that (laughs) this is a challenge she looked at it as a challenge she said man we're gonna give him back better Mm. and this is in the natural in the natural when someone gives something to you you feel challenged right so I went back home and I took these boots That I had just received from the, from the UK From a friend These really nice brogue leather boots And I said I'm going to give him these And I took those and my wife went to an expensive Shop and bought like These really nice uh, scarves For the wife and we put them in there And we took it back I Said brother we want to bless you with this And he said you didn't have to do that And I said I know but I'm a giver Givers you can never out A giver now, this is in the natural. Now, how about God? God's attitude is, man, you can't outgive me. You can't challenge me in the in the territory of giving. Every time you give, God says, I'll give it back to you. Good measure. Press down, shake it. You bring cuffs. Next day, you get ready to receive some leather boots. Amen. <laughs> Whatever you bring, God is giving it back to you. Good measure. Press down, shake him together, and running over. Every time you give to God, you are challenging him. And he's saying, oh, no, you can't win this battle. This is why you can't outgive God. Because yeah. he goes back to his house and he says, let's give them back. And he gives back. Good. Man, you, you can't be a stingy person and expect to prosper. Yeah. Walking around with a closed hand. Yeah. How many of you know that you can't receive with a closed hand? Yeah. You know, someone wants to give you something and you say, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> No, you can only receive with an open hand. Amen? Amen. I said amen. Amen. You know, we went out uh, with our live group two weeks ago to eat. And, um, you know, we like to do that as a live group. Just show up, 20 of us, at a restaurant, confuse them, and then bless them with a big bill. You know, we went there, went out to eat, and as we were eating, Denzel here will tell you, Michael was telling us a story. Uh, uh, Michael, uh, that happened while he was in New York. He said... uh, Pastor T, do you know about the crocodile guy? And he said, no. He said, the crocodile guy, when it's eating time, he has a long mouth, and he's eating everything. He's just eating everything on the table. And then when it's time to pay the bill, he sits up, and his hands are like this. <laughs> when the bill comes, he's like, ah. Hunt <laughs> your name and say, don't be the crocodile dude, man. <laughs> the crocodile dude thinks everything that he has, that's it Amen First Corinthians chapter 29 verse 14 He didn't realize That he's a steward of God's Unending resources God's resources never end Amen And when you give you're challenging him And he will give back to you uh, Good measure, pressed down, shaken together And running over, amen 1 Corinthians 29 verse 14 1 Chronicles Chronicles 29 verse 15. This is David And this is the legacy that David passed on to his uh, Son Solomon It is the legacy of giving to God God told David hey you can't build the church Because your hands are bloody You killed so many people And he said I'm going to ask your son Solomon to build the church So David said hey But I want to be a part of this project I'm going to collect an offering So David gave over and above I think 3.5 billion in today's value, U.S. dollars, gave towards the project of the building of the church, and the nation gave close to 5 billion towards that. And this was their attitude. See, giving is about attitude than it is about the gift. If you're going to give with a stinking attitude, you might as well keep your money. You know why? Because it will not produce a harvest for you. If you bring a gift to God... Make sure you do it dancing. Do it cheerfully. Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. Remember, he says if you offer your body to be bent, which is an ultimate sacrifice, and you don't do it motivated by love, it profits you nothing. When you give, man, do it with a godly, uh, 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 grateful attitude. You know, you say, God even said to the children of Israel, do you think I desire sacrifices? He said, if I was hungry, eh, God is sitting with Jesus. And Holy Spirit. Look at them. Look at their attitude. Hey, they're bringing a lot of stuff, but their attitude is stinking. Because they're doing it like, oh, the church wants our money. And they're tithing, but their attitude is a mess. And God said, hey, if I was hungry, I wouldn't ask you. I own a kettle on a thousand hills. I don't desire sacrifices from you. I'm trying to get the blessing to you. And this was David's attitude. Watch what he says uh, in the New King James Bible. Brother Chris, if you can. He says, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly? So what? So what? Willingly. Man, if you have to be manipulated and told that is the year of 2017, and uh, you know there are 237 bones in your body, so we are taking the bone collection. <laughs> Bring 237 runs. man. If it, if it has to go through hoops and man, for you to give, it's not willingly. The ground is fertile right now. If you don't give in the next hour you miss the blessing. If if you have to give after all that persuasion, that's not willingly. Amen? He says, let each man decide in his own heart. Man, you should know by Thursday what you want to give to the Lord. Amen. Before I understood offering, man, I'd go to the club from last night, just go, eh, 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 just dance in the club. And the next day, you know, some of the guys here, Nicholas is here, some of my friends from... Way back, they would tell you, we we'll would go to the club, just hang out and have fun, and you know, and then go to the church the next day uh, for service. And whatever is left from the club, you know, with the receipts, just throw it in the offering. <laughs> no thoughts, no heart. <laughs> Amen. Just yeah, this is what's there. Just throw it in there. I wonder what the money counters thought with all this more weight. <laughs> I know it's more way, okay? Don't walk out of here, <laughs> Pastor, I don't know how to pronounce these words. Okay? They did it willingly. For all things come from you. Look at their attitude. They knew there were stewards. They said all things come from who? He says, all this money came from you, Lord. And here is what I want you to catch. And of your own, we have given you. In other words, what we are giving you, already belongs to you. So it's a privilege for us to be able to even give you something that you already own. That was their attitude. And that's what makes a difference in your offering. So if you're going to give today because, you know, Pastor T. touched this message and, you know, I'm feeling shy now because my neighbors will think I'm stingy. Man, that's the wrong reason to give. Don't do it. You're, You're literally throwing that money into the drainage system. Fix the attitude first. And if you're gonna give for a month, just you know, see if it works or for six months just to see if it no, this has to become a lifestyle. Yeah. You have to change at DNA level and say, hey, I'm a giver. Someone shout, I'm a giver. I'm a giver. Shout everywhere I go. Everywhere I go. I I decide, I decide. and purpose, in my, purpose in my heart to be a, ble- to, be a to be a blessing. You know, you can't be the one who's just going to take. I'll tell you this, I've been a pastor for over 10 years now, the people that uh, are always taking, always asking for things, always asking for money, uh, have been doing that for the past 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and the people that always giving, always generous, always to seek, seek to be a blessing, they've also been doing that for the past 10 years at a higher level. It always keeps getting better. Yeah. It never changes. And I could pick everyone in here who's a giver, who has given to God, who has sown in the gospel, and ask them to give testimony. Testimony after testimony. Not a single person will say, I resent ever doing it. Yeah. That's right. Everyone will say, Man, I'm glad I learned this. Yeah. I'm only sad I didn't learn it early enough. Because when you become a giver, man, it opens up this channel and you become a channel of the blessing. When my wife and I uh, bought our home, you know, the one that we live in now, we decided prior to moving into that home that we were not going to move with the furniture that we had in that home. We wanted new furniture for the new home. And we were standing on Psalm 112 that says God will bless you uh, with, your, with, your, with, your, with your house and everything in it. So we wanted, we had been blessed with the house, but now we were believing God for everything in it. And we thought God was going to give us money to, you know, uh, buy the furniture. But we said we're going to give away this furniture. So we started giving away that furniture without knowing where we were going to get money for the furniture for the next one. We even delayed moving into that house until someone came and literally said, God has instructed me to furnish your whole house. Someone who doesn't even come to this church and literally paid for everything. Man, when you're a giver, people will find you. When you're a giver, God will find you and God will bless you. But when you, uh, 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 when you hold on and you're stingy, you stop the flow of resources. That's why it's called currency. It flows through people. And one of the ways it flows is through giving. Amen? Is this making sense? Let's go to Proverbs chapter number 3 verse 9 and 10. <clears throat> Thank you Jesus. Man, giving is a lifestyle. It's not a Sunday thing. You are a giver on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday. Everywhere you go, you are a giver. Your family should know you as a giver. Amen. Amen. Not the one who, when the phone rings, everyone, what does she want now? (laughs) What has happened? Every time the phone, have you ever? uh, Don't you have people in your phone book that you know eh, when the phone rings? You can almost bet money that they want something Don't be that guy Be the guy who is always looking to bless Watch what it says in Proverbs 3 verse 9 Honor, someone say honor Honor. See this thing is about honor When you give to God, it's about honoring God Amen Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the what? Second fruits only the fruits you don't want? Is that what it says? Only the leftover fruits? No, God says, honor me with the first fruits. In other words, God should be at the first, at the top of your priority list. True honor puts God at the top of your priority list. Honor me. Honor the Lord with the possessions and with the first fruits of your increase and watch what will happen when you honor God. So, your bonds will be what? He didn't say honor so that you know heaven can have stuff. He's saying honor so that I may have the access to do something for you. Because God wants to do, ultimately, God is trying to bless you, but he wants to make sure that the blessing is at its proper place in your life. He wants to make sure that you have riches and that riches don't have you. You remember the young rich ruler in the Bible? He went and threw himself at the feet of Jesus. Theatrical worship, Baba. Threw himself, fell under the anointing, boom! Boom! And everyone in the church is saying, ah, they are spiritual. Ah. And Jesus was like, oh, no, this dude is deceiving y'all with outward action. And he said to him, hey. And the man said to Jesus, what shall I do to be saved? And the man said to Jesus, uh, obey the commandments. And the man said, I've ob- obeyed all of them from my, day, from my youth up. <laughs> I've obeyed all of them. And Jesus said, okay, let me now show you what's really in your heart. He said, go and sell everything you have. By the way, God has never asked anyone else in the world to sell every everything they have except this one guy. Because of his cocky attitude. Only one guy. Everyone else, God says, take a portion, take 10%. But with this one dude, he says, okay, let me show you that, you know, you, you're being theatrical. But at a heart level, your heart is far. Remember, he says, they draw near to me with their lips but their hearts is far you know the heart is in Polokwani the heart but he's drawing near me with their lips. How do you know the heart is in the Lord? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be. Ladies, you want to know where his heart is at check if he's spending money on you. Well, that's a good this is good preaching. because <laughs> the Bible says where your treasure is, there will your heart be. The heart follows the money Amen And he said to him Go and sell everything that you have Come and follow me And the Bible says the man went away sorrowful and sad Because he had great possessions Actually the correct translation is Because great possessions had him God wants you to have a nice car But he doesn't want the nice car to have you Do you know there are people who... Uh, 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 they own cars that their children can't even get into. Because their car is a little god. Their wives can't even touch that car. Oh, man. What? Now, God forbid they crush that car. You know why? Because it's their little god. Their heart is in the car. But if your heart is in god, guess what? If the car crashes... You still have more because God is the one who brings the blessing and you will get another car. Yeah. During the 2008 crash, there was a man who moved from 8 billion to 2 billion and killed himself. 6 billion. He lost 6 billion only, but he still had 2. I mean, I can do a lot with 2 billion, right? Man, I'll be praying, "Lord, don't take me. Lord, make me live long." <laughs> he killed himself. He thought he was poor. You know why? Because his heart was in his money. When God says, give a portion to me, he's trying to protect you from material things. God doesn't mind you having nice things, but he doesn't want nice things having you. Because once that happens, when the car crashes, when you lose the job, when your bank account depletes, that's it. It's game over. You're going to kill yourself. But if your heart is in the Lord, guess what? There is more where this came from. Hallelujah So shall your bonds Be filled with plenty And thy presses shall burst out with new wine Did you read it? Shall overflow with new wine When you honor the Lord with the first fruits On your budget put God at the top When you do your budget Honor him with the first With the first, with the first, with the first first, Not with the leftover. You know when people hit a financial crisis The first thing that they take out of the budget Unfortunately is giving Man, you should be increasing the temperature on giving when you hit a financial crisis so that you begin to receive more. Amen? Amen? Amen. And it's about trusting God. Hallelujah. Luke 16, uh, Luke chapter number 16, verse 10. Luke chapter number 16. So we are redeemed from poverty, but we have to respond positively by faith to connect to the grace of God. Of prosperity amen I said amen. amen Watch what it says in Luke 16 verse 10 he was talking uh, about the uh, unjust steward you remember the story he was wasting his master's possessions and when he was fired he went and started discounting debts and the master actually commanded him he said wow this guy is now actually using money for what it's for you know touching people's lives amen and he went on to say in verse 10 He who is faithful in what is least. Money, if you're taking down notes, write this down. Money is the least area of faithfulness. Money is entry-level faithfulness. Finances is faithfulness 101. If you can't handle finances, if you can't be faithful in the area of money, forget about all these big things that in fact you are hurting yourself. It's like pulling teeth trying to believe God for all these amazing, great things. Because money is what gets you in the door. Just handling finances. It says, he who is faithful, he who is faithful with what is least is also faithful in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Next verse. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, if you have not been faithful in the area of money and material things, who will commit to you the true riches? This is a sarcastic question. Did you see it? God is sitting in heaven saying, if you can't be faithful with money who up in here will bless this guy with true riches and everyone saying not me not me the seraphims are not me the cherubims not me <laughs> Jesus not me the Holy Spirit not. people are walking out of the room they say if he can't handle money we're not giving him true riches That's right. did you see it what do you consider true riches happiness a good marriage the anointing I think it was Andrew. Again, Andrew Omar said he's never met a minister who's firing in all cylinders. Someone that he would look up to and say, Man, I wish I was this guy who hasn't had the money area covered. It's impossible. Because you can't operate in the greater if you haven't mastered the little. If you can't jump one meter, you can't jump two meters high. Money is entry level. If you want to tap into the true riches, be faithful in the unrighteous mammon. Hallelujah And I'm not trying to get money from you I mean this church is doing alright Okay, last year we met our budget in August This year we've already met our budget for the year So we're not trying to get a penny from you We're not trying to have a fundraising No, we're not doing that I'm trying to get you to understand the principles So that when you start operating in them Next year, this time You'll be a different person Can't be at the same level financially Year after year 2018, you still want a thousand to add to your rent. 2019, 2022, something is not changing. Something has to change, amen. And you have to become faithful. Watch what it says. Next verse, gets better. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, so the first level is to be faithful at the area of finances. The second level is to be faithful in something that does not belong to you you know people don't understand i insist at a very strict level to leave this place the way we find it to the point of personally me the pastor of the church using the hoover to clean the floor so that we leave this place the way we found it clean because of this scripture if you cannot be faithful with that which belongs to another man's again god asked the congregation who shall give this man what is his? Seraphim. is not me. Jesus, not me. <laughs> if you can't look after a company car, forget ever owning your own car based on this scripture. If you are renting and you treat that house like trash, based on this scripture, you ain't getting your own. These are life principles. He, and if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? It's tight, but it's right. <laughs> Next verse. No servant can serve two masters, for either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will lo- you'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot. Someone say, Cannot. cannot. Say it again. He didn't say, Many will not try. He it says, It's impossible. It's not going to happen. But people will try. People say, "Ah, "Me, I'm taking my chances. I want to serve both God and money." Me, I wouldn't take my. God is saying, "You cannot do it. You cannot. You're going to have to choose. And if you serve God, you're going to have to listen to what God says about money. If you serve money, you're going to have to listen to what money says about money. And what money says about money is do everything you get to get ahead, backstab people." step on them lie on them gossip blah, blah, blah. as long as you can get to the top that's the dictates of money God over here he says honor me what is it going to be man? if you have to get a dollar at every cost money is telling you what to do you cannot serve both in the, in fact I have to say this if whenever you see yourself making a decision a major decision Based on mainly finances or money. If you're going into ministry because of money, if you get a job because of money, if you get a better job because of money, that decision is 99.999% wrong. You should be making decisions based on the directions of the Holy Spirit. Whatever major decision you make, if money is the main driver, if you're going into business because oh, you want more money, you are wrong decision. Hallelujah. And you'll probably not get it. Amen. <laughs> you'll probably not get it. Let us go now to <clears throat> verse 13. Okay, yeah, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Amen? You cannot do it. You can only serve one. And when God is saying to you, child of God, give a portion of what you earn to me, He's not trying to get from you. He's trying to protect you from money and the control of money and mammon. And man, I would be the biggest hypocrite if I was teaching this sermon and I don't live it. Man, we give, I think now we give close to 20% of our income to the preaching of the gospel. This is outside of other benevolent, you know, givings that we do in our day-to-day living. So we live this life. You know of giving and guess what we are connected to the blessing and because of that more keeps flowing into our lives amen I went to preach uh, in Cape Town uh, and I was preaching for the whole weekend and I gave away so much material when they were doing the reconciliation I'd given away the same number of material than with what we have what we had sold because my heart is in the giving not in the taking it's in the giving Because the more you give, the more God will begin to give back to you. Because God loves people. And when you touch people's lives, God gets excited and he wants to use you more. But when it's about you, 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 I have all these bills, I want to pay this, I want... You're limiting what God can do through you. But when it's about others... Man, I want to I I reach the world. Let's, let's preach the gospel. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's start a radio station so we can preach the gospel, a TV station, a social media channel. Let's put money into preaching the gospel. I can guarantee you lots of money will find you. You will not know what to do with it. Amen? So true prosperity is measured by how much you are able to give, not how much you accumulate. You know, I know when the prosperity message is taught, most of the time it's give a seed, almost like a slot machine. Give a seed, and then when it comes back, you keep. No, that's not this that's not how you tap into the system. Give to God. When He gives back to you, He does it so that you can get an opportunity to give again. Amen. And as you do that, the cycle flows. And it becomes a lifestyle. And once you get into that lifestyle of giving, I can guarantee you. That your life will never be the same again. Amen. If you are here and you are believing God for a job, I want to pray for you right now. Just lift your hand wherever you are. If you are believing God for uh, a promotion as well, I'm going to pray for you. I see those hands. Father, in Jesus' name we thank you for opening a door that no man can shut. Father, we thank you for doing the impossible. Even as you got water coming out of a rock father we thank you for opening a door of employment of opportunity for these your children father we thank you that this week this week this week this opportunity will find them we thank you father that some will be head hunted we thank you, Lord Jesus, that as they uh, make a firm decision to become kingdom financiers, to become sowers, you will begin to channel resources into their lives. Father, we thank you for promotions in the name of Jesus. For you say in your word, from promotion does not come from the east or the west, but it is God, you God almighty. That puts us up another and sits down another. Father, we thank you for promoting these faithful children. Father, we thank you for testimony galores next week. We thank you, Lord, for doing it. Thank you, Jesus. Come on for about 10 seconds. Just begin to thank Him for your job, for your promotion. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for increase. Thank you for new tenders for that business. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for easiness and quickness of closing deals in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for doing it. Man, I'm telling you, as you go into this week, when I thought of anxiety, It's your mind to try and dissuade you from this truth that God will open a door for you. Just shout, thank you, Jesus, for my job. Thank you for my promotion. Don't entertain it. Father, we give you praise and glory in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We love you. God bless you. And have a super, curly, fragilistic, expialodociously delicious week.